everyone and welcome back to the cooldown room today i'm joined with dan hello <laughs> hello do you, do you want me to say something yeah <laughs> just say hi hi um, hi <laughs> um so dan obviously is from the united states of america and it, i've decided the topic of today's video is going to be the experience of an american formula one fan and i think we if might only i knew anything about that <laughs> <laughs> all, right. all right so first things first if you could just tell the viewers or listeners wherever you may be experiencing the cooldown room how did you get into f1 uh yeah um you me uh you you made me watch several clips okay. of several f1 things i i've seen the hamilton rosberg spain crash before i knew anything about silver wars <laughs> I I know I know all the big events in F1 history even before I saw my first qualifying. It was like 2020, COVID was going around. I guess it still is, but um, and then it was Imola for 2020, which I guess was later in that season. But yeah. I watched that qualifying. I think it was no, it was 2020. Yeah, sorry, it was 2020. Yes. Yeah, um, it was. I watched that qualifying, and it was pretty cool. It was fun to watch. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how I got into it. A lot of clips, and then I watched the qualifying, and then wow, this is cool. So what yeah. was the main like clip that made you think hmm, I could watch this as an F one fan? Like, wh what kind of made you most interested? I wouldn't say that it was it was the qualifying. How intense! Like, even though at the time Mercedes was so dominant and what whatever. It was still like really interesting watching, like, oh, will they make it through? Will they make it through? <laughs> and then the whole idea of like with the point system with F1 and you go get points along the races in that sort of championship style, which there aren't any, well, you know, that, I guess that is specifically a motorsport thing, but I hadn't, up to this point, I hadn't seen any sports like that because yeah. like the, the ones I know like football it's the american football whatever you whatever you want to call it let's not start american, that one the, again <laughs> the thing where you throw the ball american football yeah um you play a bunch of games and then it's like a final tournament uh college basketball is something else i i watch well i watch march madness which is the final playoff tournament mm -hmm. and i there's not something with like this whole championship po those points format and so I, I, I just love the math behind it. And then like, oh, how much, what can this driver do to win the championship in this round or something like that? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, people are always saying F1 is like a sport for the nerds. Like it, <laughs> it's a very nerdy sport. Like there's a lot of statistics and numbers and very cool calculations. Um, <laughs> so I would definitely agree that that's one of the appealing parts. It really is a sport like no other um, so I guess in conclusion, you watched qualifying because you're nice and you wanted to make me yeah. happy. <laughs> I guess. You were just yeah. like, she's yeah. been ranting and raving. I was just going along with it. I, you made me watch a bunch of clips and I'm like, oh, qualifying and I'll probably be awake. It's probably like 8 a.m. or whenever it was. But, um, and I enjoyed it. Yeah. And then I watched the race and that was cool too. Yes. It, it, I, yeah. Now, I do remember, actually, a fun little thing. Um, so you kept... because So let's start by asking, what time do you normally have to wake up for European yeah. F1 races? Um, <laughs> so I feel like it's gotten better recently. Yes. But at least in 2020, there was a lot of 
6 a.m., 7 a.m. Yeah. Wake up time for the races. But in the past two years, it's been a lot of wake up at 8 a.m. or 9 a.m. And then I think there's a few that are still 7 a.m. And um, I don't like waking up that early on a weekend. No, I don't think anyone <laughs> does, great. especially on a weekend. And it's always it's also the issue, like just time for me. Or I'm lucky. I do stuff. I have I have a life. So every now and then, it works out to where, oh, there's this. Oh, cool. It's like Brazil this week. It's at it's at like 11 a.m. for me, but I have to do this thing for something else I'm doing, and I can't watch the race. Right now. There have been so many races that have been at a decent time, but I've just been doing something else. He's a busy um, guy. <laughs> yeah. But which that is nice about the morning ones because I'm not doing anything on Sunday that early in the morning yeah. ever. So yeah. Good. <laughs> so you are free. Now, leading on from that, I do remember that you kept missing the start of the races just because of how early they were on. You'd wake up maybe half an hour into the race. Um, so yeah. I I remember your first ever lights out was Bahrain 2020. Um, really? Yes. It was your first I time watching the lights part. out moment. Okay, I'll tell. You... I'll give you a fun fact on that one because I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't make it far through that start. I was asleep pretty soon. I I because you're we were wanting to talk about Grosjean's crash. I assume. Uh-huh. Yeah. So for me, um, <laughs> I do see the start. I remember the five and they like they're doing that. I I am out pretty soon. Like, and what did Grosjean cl- crash on lap two or lap one lap or lap one. three? Or, it was, it was it like was turn one. three. Yeah. <laughs> you were awake. I'm sure you were awake for this. No, I, I, I was like in and out because it was really early for Bahrain. And I didn't see the crash itself. I, I drifted off and then all of a sudden, like, I see fire and it's red flag. Oh, no. And everyone else is freaking out. Because, yeah, we were yeah. all freaking out. We had like um mm-hmm. a watch party going on, so we were all chatting. Yeah. Um <laughs> like an online watch party, just to clarify mm-hmm. he is yeah. in America. Um so we were all <laughs> chatting in our in our chat, our group chat, and everyone was like mm-hmm. completely freaking out in the group chat. And Dan was just like <laughs> yeah. we, I mean, you I were trying tell, to I, you could tell something had happened. Yeah. Not, I just didn't see it live. I did. <laughs> I saw the replays a few yeah. times, but the replays yeah. were horrendous to watch, mm-hmm. honestly. That yeah. was um yeah. I mean I assume everyone who's who's listening or watching right now does know about that race. Uh but we're in 2020, it was the one where Grosjean crashed. If you don't know about the Grosjean crash, what are you doing listening to the cooldown room? Please <laughs> go and watch the the video about it, because that is an absolutely incredible moment from F1 that would definitely but go down in history. with that being said, <laughs> yes, this isn't an episode said. about the Bahrain crash, so it's if not... you haven't seen it, you can still watch this right now. You're so, so right. Around. You're so right. We keep those viewers, <laughs> our <laughs> listeners, we keep them here. So, as an American, would you say the early starts is somewhat off-putting from I, getting yeah. into the sport? I mean, I... You know, once you watch one, you're generally hooked if if it's the sort of thing yeah. you like. But it it, it it's not great. Like <laughs> for some, I'm not a morning person, um, Who so is? I'm not usually up that early. Yeah, it, it's yeah, it's sometimes hard to keep up with, especially like at least for me. You, I don't, you don't get to watch the whole weekend, like. It, FP1 and, and FP2 are usually like 
three, four hours before the time, the rate. I mean, you, the, obviously it's on Friday. Yeah. But all of the practice sessions, it's because the qualifying and the race are at the same time. And it's that like 8 a.m., 7 a.m. sort of thing. But then FP1 and FP2 might be like 4 a.m., something like that, where it's just not, which, you know, they're, those are the sessions to miss if you're going to miss stuff. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's, it's rare that you get to see a full weekend. Yes. And leading on from that, <laughs> feeder series as well, Formula 2, Formula 3. They oh, are yeah, no, so you're not much getting fun. Any of that. But yeah, Which, exactly. those, those are both pretty entertaining this year so far, or at least Formula 2. <laughs> yes, I'm absolutely. I'm going to talk about that another time. But, we, yeah. we can absolutely talk about that another time. Um, <laughs> yeah, F2, brilliant. I, I got a taste of the F2, F3 being too early thing. Um, the last race weekend was the Australian <laughs> Grand Prix, and I think F2 started at like 2 a.m. or something, or 3 a.m. Mm-hmm. There's no way. There's no way. I love yeah. racing. Um, I also love sleeping. Um, <laughs> so um, I did give that one a miss. Um, yeah. But yeah, maybe I, maybe one year I will start like staying up all night and seeing the yeah. whole thing. <laughs> I, I will add with that. Like, there are the super early races, but then when it comes to Australia, Japan, and Singapore, it's like midnight which honestly isn't way. that bad because i am more of a night person mm-hmm. but you know but it's, it's still really, not a great time is it no it's, yeah. it's not great but it's not great for you either so it's not like i'm yeah. it, you know australia is weird for everyone yeah except the australians who are, yeah honestly they deserve a, a good yeah, race they can, they can have a good home grand prix and they deserve like it <laughs> <laughs> i heard talks actually um i don't know how much actual um basis there is behind them but apparently people were thinking of maybe having the Australian Grand Prix as a night race to make it more accessible for Europeans. I heard this and was like, mm. no. Because <laughs> in my opinion, it's not fair on the Australians. The Australian Grand Prix is already yeah. a great family day out for everyone that turns mm-hmm. up. Like, the yeah. vibe looks brilliant. They, they shouldn't ruin that with making it a night race yeah. just for the sake of making it a more There's comfortable no point. time. Not... We have like 23, well, 20 they... races already at very, mm-hmm. very accessible times. So Yeah, it's... I think, especially with how much like everyone's trying to grow the American audience, I imagine they're always trying to grow the Australian audience. I think they can leave it how it is. It's an international sport, and that's yeah. how it's going to be sometimes. If yep. It, like that. For, I mean, yeah. They travel around the world. It's it's always yeah. been one. Of, some mm-hmm. of my earliest F one memories is like. 2007. So we're going back 15 years now. It's <laughs> like waking up early and seeing there's a race on. You know, like. Mm-hmm. 8 a.m., 7 a.m., and being like, oh, Formula One's on, or like some nights I'd, when I was really young, I didn't stay up or anything. So it was like, oh, I'd have to go to bed before the race started or something like that. And I'd have to wake up to the results. Um, so, and that's just, that's just the way F1's always been. And I think that is part of the fun. I think it is a bit of an experience, like either staying up late or waking up early. Crazy as that sounds, like it, it is part of the, the F1 season vibe, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um and it, yeah it's it's yeah. it's not that bad much as we complain like i definitely was complaining a lot of the time not necessarily complaining but like moaning <laughs> not that i not that i was upset about having to do it i was just upset that i was doing it <laughs> like i do i am also not a morning person so for me waking <laughs> up at 5 30 i was like why am i doing this <laughs> so, but we got there in the end and my goodness what a race that was um if you haven't watched it already you can catch our video on the australian grand prix came out last week on youtube spotify all major streaming platforms 
it is great. Give it a watch. Um, so yeah, back to the topic at hand, <laughs> which is American fans. You mentioned about wanting to grow the US audience. Yeah, I want to know before you got into F one, what was it like? Like, did you know much about F one? Did because generally no. when I'm trying to explain Formula One to people who are like American or similar, um, generally <laughs> generally I'm having to tell them like, okay, so do you know what NASCAR is? And then I kind of go from there because a lot of them mm-hmm. just don't know Formula One. Would you say that was true yeah. for you? I I didn't know much about motorsport in general, to be honest. Um, what I did, most I knew was Mario Kart. Um, <laughs> that's pretty much it. Like, yeah, I mean, I knew it was, I knew like, I did know NASCAR was a thing and stuff like that, but I, I didn't like ha- know enough Formula One, if at all, to. Had ha- you ever watched any it. by accident? Like, just no, no. no. The, we'll, well, they don't have, they don't just have it on TV. Like, I think, I think when it's like the US Grand Prix or something like that, they'll have it on a channel, but usually it's either you have to get this, you have to pay a lot. Uh, for a yeah. certain package, or so you don't you just stumble across it. Pro. No, no, that definitely wasn't right. possible. That sucks. Do you think I will say it... actually? Oh. Yeah, go early twenty twenty. Um, so they had like these. I I wasn't sure if it was toy cars or I think they were they were doing like toy car racing, for because in because you know COVID and stuff. Yeah. Um, this was before I met you, but. Ooh. Um, and it was just days. on the news, and, but I hadn't, I hadn't watched it. But like, yeah, it was just they they did like these toy, tiny toy car races with I assume actual driver people. I don't really know, but yeah. That, so yeah, I had seen some. Not I hadn't I didn't watch, but I I thought that's the most I've stumbled upon. I remember in terms of racing, actually. I think this is after mm-hmm. I got you into F1. We watched those marble races on YouTube. Ah, and that yes, was the, great. That fun. is also something I had watched before. That was your like, your pre pre opinion of what F1 might be. The marble <laughs> is it races. Marble One is that what it's called? Yeah, I think it's there, it's under a channel called Gels Marble Runs. I want to shout say. out to Gels Marble <laughs> Runs for real. Yeah, but <laughs> no, it was fun to watch those, and they do Marble One now, which is cool. To Cool. <laughs> I wonder what NASCAR marble marbles would look like just going around in a <laughs> That is very funny to me. Um, yeah. So, do you think um, regarding making F one more accessible on TV rather than having it behind a paywall, do you think that would encourage more fans to watch? Oh yeah. If it was on TV, where some like on a channel everyone can access, like if. Like what well, CBS or ABC or Fox or something like that. Yeah, I bet more people would watch. I bet more people would get it. Well, it's tough timing wise too, like because again, it's early in the morning and stuff like that. So yeah, almost if it, but it's also Sunday. I don't know. Mm. Well, here's here's what like, we do yeah. in the UK. So in the UK, we have um, Sky Sports F1. Obviously, mm-hmm. is the main way to watch. We've got Now TV is another subscription way to watch, and then we have Channel Four which is a free channel for everyone. Um, They Mm -hmm. do not have the rights to show the race live, um, but they do have a highlight show, which is at around 7 or 8 p.m. on the Sunday. Mm -hmm. Um, And they basically make... It's a fairly extended highlight, so they just cut out the dull laps, basically, Mm -hmm. when nothing's really happened. Mm -hmm. They just shorten it down to maybe 
two thirds or half of the length. Oh wow, yeah, that's pretty good. It's, it's a pretty hefty highlight. Like you can watch the highlights and feel like you've watched the whole race. Um, <laughs> they they tell the whole story of the race basically, and they do that and they have that on in the evenings. Mm-hmm. I find that to be fairly accessible. Yes, it's not live. Yes, it's only the highlights, but it is on free to air TV, like free mm-hmm. to view TV. Yeah. Um. I... So, mm. as someone kind of trying to get people into F1, I can always say to them, hey, look, Channel 4 has it on highlights. Do give it a watch. I think you'll enjoy it. Um, and it's a pretty good show. Shout out to the Channel 4 team. <laughs> do you think something like that would help in the US? I, I do think something like that would be good to have. I mean, mm-hmm. it would, that more people would watch. Um, the big thing with F1 is it is an expensive sport, not just with the cars and stuff, but they charge you a lot. Like I think, yeah, <laughs> for it, it like F one TV. Um, the car. Let me see if I can find that. But it's expensive, so like they're not just gonna they're not just gonna give that away. And I have a feeling there aren't many. There's not enough guarantee that the channels would want to pay for that. To actually watch the races live, it would be ten dollars a month. Or See, $80 I'd pay that. a year. I'd pay that. Which, <laughs> uh, yeah, if you're a diehard fan. So honestly... That's that's cheaper than what we have here. That's all. Yeah, that's like less expensive than Netflix, I think. So like... Yeah. Or less expensive, I think even less but expensive. But still, you Z get Plus, more so. with Netflix. A lot more. Yeah. Yeah. True. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Yeah, anyways. But yeah, no, overall it's expensive. Um, it is, uh, F1 is a lot about getting money, which, you know, it is what it is, mm-hmm. but I, it, I don't know. If they wanted to grow the American audience, I feel like putting it on one of those main channels and having even just the highlight stuff that you described yeah. would be a good start. Yeah. 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 Okay, cool. I'm, I'm going to go right to F1. <laughs> I'm going to be like, excuse me, F1, I have a business idea. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know if that's quite going to work, but yeah, no, I would agree with that. So, obviously, Formula One is a bit of a niche sport. Um, It's not like football, whichever way you want to call it, football in the Mm -hmm. US, football elsewhere. It's not so mainstream that everyone knows it. For example, you didn't know it before Mm -hmm. I brought it into your life. Um, So, say you were just randomly talking with friends and you started talking about F1. What would the response be? Would they would they have a clue what you're talking about, or would everyone just kind of be confused? A lot, a lot of people understand that it's cars. That's right. about just it. they don't know any anything more than cars. Yeah, so they imagine they like don't the, know the much more. Pixar movie. Yeah, <laughs> like Lightning like McQueen. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Do people know American racing, or like would you say American like racing NASCAR? is like Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not many people that I know care too much about NASCAR, yeah. but I mean, it, it exists. General, there's, a, yeah. there's NASCAR, there's IndyCar. So, like, they have an audience. This, uh, Would you say that audience is bigger than F1's audience in the US? Oh, in the US? Probably, mm-hmm. yeah. Because interestingly, in the UK, I would say Formula One's audience is bigger than the British motorsport audience. Because F1 is yeah. very UK centric. F1 yeah. is very European, and yeah, especially UK centric. But yeah, the whole thing with that is UK is also smaller, and F1 again, it's European, international. It is kind yeah. of the main one. 
yeah and people competing in the Brit- like the british series i feel like it mainly they've ever they ever want to get into f1 or they failed to get into f1 so <laughs> pretty much i say a lot of nascar and indycar are like kind of more top goals. things yeah 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 definitely that's a really really good point um so i've i've got a question from my uncle here cuz he wanted to know um <laughs> all right i i have no idea what this means but he's explained it so my uncle says do people do tailgating at F1 events? And firstly, what is tailgating? So tailgating, I'm not 100%, but I'm pretty sure like you gather in the parking lot and you have food and it's just like a big party or something like that oh. before the sporting event. <laughs> do you know if that goes on at Formula One? I mean, at least for Formula One, it, it, you have like the fan zone and stuff, so I don't think yeah. there's tailgating there. Um, Like probably in Texas, I, I bet... I think they have a fan zone sort of thing for yeah. Texas and yeah, yeah, yeah. Las Vegas, big main Las Vegas. Miami has their whole stadium. I, I think they have their own events going on. That tailgating isn't something people care to do. So, my next question: There are three American races on the calendar this mm-hmm. year. What are your thoughts on that? I'm okay with that. Um, I wish that they would be in different places because well it's not just you know i'm in i'm in the midwest so like i'm not i'm I'm obviously not near any of them but that's not the main yeah. point just I mean, like if, sorry to interrupt if you could tell our viewers listeners how long it would take you to drive to your nearest american f1 race just to give a sense of scale like at least at least eight hours, if not more. I feel. I feel like it was above ten. I don't. I see. I okay, that's a lot lower. It's than... not sixteen. Like... No, I remembered it. It was more like sixteen, seventeen hours. I think just it's to get probably. To I'm not your sure. nearest one. I think sixteen, seventeen. Yeah. Wow. But yeah, and I understand that those are like it's got four. We've got Florida, Texas, Las Vegas. They're either big places or they have a lot of people, and it just makes sense money wise just like the only pre-established track there was circuit of the americas and that's even fairly new as well yeah the f1 there are there are yeah the whole point is there are other tracks around this country do you have any tracks in general like in mind that you might i don't know i've heard of stuff but uh, I don't know what F1 grade tracks because I know there's this whole thing they have to be to a certain level. They've got um, but... Indianapolis, haven't they? That's a yeah, track. yeah. That yeah. It, would, it would be cool to see F1 even just. I, I it would be cool to see them do an oval. I think that yeah. Um, Maybe so it was like, like modified, one like one or, or Indi- just the road, because they've done that. a road road course on it before. Like they've done a yeah. non-oval on it, so it's yeah. doable. So like that, and um, F1 has raced it. Indianapolis before, yeah, they? yeah, they have the great tire debacle is what comes <laughs> yes, to mind. That was. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, big thing, like there's a lot of cash to get out of the races in America. Yeah, I think if I, you know, I think either more like not street courses or just like not stuff that they have to build as much, I guess. I it just feels like they're doing it for the location only. Like 
the whole point the of the, of the Las Vegas Grand Prix is to be in Las Vegas and to be on the ship and everything like okay, that. I won't lie. Well, I think it's a really cool concept. I know loads of people are hating on it, but like... Up, I don't have an issue with it. It's going to be cool. I just, you know, I want more like circuits because, you know... Um, I'm and all also, here for it. I love gimmicks. So I'm like, I'm here for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and for all I know, it'll, it'll be good racing. I'm not too picky when it comes to promo. Yeah. Um, the other thing... Was, I, sorry to interrupt you, if you could just keep that one in mind. When you say you're not too picky, one of my favourite things about you and watching F1, like when we watch races at the same time, it's like, it will be the most dull race of like two overtakes, and you'll be like, "That was great! That was amazing!" <laughs> like I will say, yeah, that was definitely more when I had first started watching, <laughs> like 2020, 2021, and twenty twenty one did have some great racing, but there was, some, but like, yeah, there were some tracks that you didn't like as much that you didn't like the racing on. And you're like, "Like, whoa, that was a good race." <laughs> now. At least the past year or so, you can tell I, at least not as much. I understand when races are boring. Yeah, <laughs> and but it's great because we. I feel like I still love them. Like even if they're boring, yeah, I'm no, not going to be like that was watch. great. But yeah, and they're not that. This year, well, I'm sure we can talk about this another time. But yeah. what I'll say for this year, it's it's pretty entertaining. We know Red Bulls at the front, but it can change the midfield. Not the front, but so anything spicy. between Red Bull and like. Williams. McLaren, um, <laughs> it can change. Yeah, and that's the thing. Even with the like McLaren Williams, whichever one is, where I mean McLaren jumped up to fifth recently. So yeah, yeah, okay, but okay Williams, <laughs> like you've got Alex getting close to Q three. Sergeant nearly got to Q two. Like they've got good drivers in that car, and that car is not terrible. Yes. So so let's talk about Logan Sargent actually. Yeah, um, sure. first American driver in a little while. I think it might be like 2014, something like that. Yeah, I was going to say about 10 years. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's been a little while. Um, considering yeah. what a big country it is with so much motorsport going on, it's Wait, like sorry, something I wanted yeah, to say. Yeah, um, yeah sorry, yeah, go ahead. Before you asked about like what's the last thing? I it's so cool having free Grand Prix in America, and I think it's justified. There are 300 million people here. Yes, which is like at least which is at least five times more than like the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, so compared to all of Europe, I think it's justified to have free Grand Prix. Yes. The only thing is like with keeping a decent amount of Grand Prix because it was going to be 24 this year and stuff like that. I don't want to lose some of the good tracks out there just so we can have more stuff in America. And with all the tracks that are paying money and stuff like that, like it would be cool to see stuff like Hockenheim or I've never seen a, a race there live. Hockenheim um, is good. I, I like I personally love Portugal. I want them to race there. Yeah. Um, Turkey, those races were great. Yes, um, such a good track. And so, some of my personal yeah. favorites as well, um, Sepang in Malaysia, I think. Yeah, yeah I've, I've never seen some, a race yeah. there ever. This is in, going a little too far back for you, I'd say. But just, yeah. <laughs> just barely, yeah. Or or like even Africa. Like there, there have been like rumors about, yeah. that, oh, they're going to bring back that. But, what, you know, that's... Like and I think each of the American F one races with Miami Tech they're they're different enough that they bring they their are own very thing. different yeah we've got like Just Las Vegas like, is very street circuit Miami's very beach it's kind of in between mm-hmm. Cota and Las yeah, Vegas I'd say exactly. and Cota's very traditional circuit kind yeah. of ups and yeah, downs they're all yeah enough I just don't want to like lose Spa or like or something like because you know Spa was on the fringes last year with contracts 
and then we lost France this year. We don't have a single race in France. Which, in my opinion, is an abomination. I know people don't like the... Oh, okay. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry. I agree no, with good. you. I think motorsport was literally invented in France, as far as I'm aware. It was mm, the Rouen-Paris race um, in, like... I want to say 1804, but I feel like that's not the right year. It was either it was very early on in mm. history, um, mm-hmm. or maybe 1908. Or I, no, I don't know. I don't know. I, I forget the dates, but it was the first ever motor race, as far as I'm aware. And from yeah. then, France has had such a rich history in motorsport, and they've had so many fantastic drivers on the grid as well. And it's like it's a huge shame yeah. to not have a it's single brutal. French track. Um, mm-hmm on the calendar i think that's yeah atrocious really <laughs> so yeah it would be I like if you removed silverstone whole, yeah so. yeah. <laughs> yeah and i don't know what the whole thing is like i don't know if the, whatever tracks are in france or what they can do to it because i understand that people find the what the track they were using boring or something like that i again i personally liked it but the whole basically i i don't want f1 to be, be to become any less international I feel like we're getting more, we're, as we're getting more races in the Middle East, more races in America, I don't want to lose races in like different yeah. places. Like, again, like, like Spa, we lost France. I don't want to, I don't, I don't know if there, if there are any ever tracks really in danger, but yeah. Like, as you know, I get what you mean. Keep it international. Yeah. And I think America has, it's justified to have three races yeah. there. But, but no more, maybe. <laughs> Yeah, I fully. Yeah, I don't know where else they would put one. Yeah. Um, or it would be I'd I'd be fine with two races in America every year, and you can like alternate which of the three you use or something like that. Yeah. Or, but that would yeah, that I, would I, be a good solution. But I agree. I, I I remember when they announced Las Vegas, there was a lot of anger online from the F1 community saying, "How come they get three races?" Blah blah blah. I do think it makes sense considering the size of the country. The widespread of motorsport things like NASCAR, IndyCar, you know, it's it's got a lot of motorsport history. There used to be five US races in the past. It's not like it's a new thing. Really? Yes. Wow. In one year, I think they had five. Huh. Um, Crazy. Long Beach, Indianapolis. Yeah, Google Probably. it. Google it. <laughs> um, and that, that's like most out of iconically, at the time. Like that's... in my opinion, yeah, it was huge. Most iconically, <laughs> I know what you're gonna say. Caesar's Palace. Yep. <laughs> the car park itself um, so it's it's not even f1's first time in las vegas um yeah. so i think a lot of people that complained about the u.s races did not really look into history i think a lot of them were like oh this is a terrible way f1's going but in reality i do think it's reasonable to have three races in such a big part of the world with so many mm-hmm. fans and especially with it being a new a new market of fans coming in. I think it's great to expand, have more accessibility for the fans, but I completely agree with what you said. The locations are not good. They need to change it. Indianapolis, please. (laughs) (laughs) America is huge. And I think it's just five dead three races. And honestly, some of the locations, like Las Vegas could be good. So yeah, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, we will see. I'm I'm definitely going to reserve judgment on Las Vegas. I know a lot of people have already written it off based on like the layout I actually think it could be similar to Baku in terms of vibe, like night Baku, like Singapore meets Baku. And mm-hmm. I love a good street circuit. So, mm-hmm. so I'm very excited personally. And the spectacle, like, can you imagine? So mm-hmm. I'm very, very excited personally. And I do completely agree about F1 
keeping international. I think there are maybe one or two too many in the Middle East right now. We don't really need Mm -hmm. four in such small proximity, especially when they Mm -hmm. do feel very similar. Um, Yeah. It's all very night, deserty, streetish tracks. To be fair, I don't know which one of those I would get rid of. I'd get rid of Qatar and potentially Abu Dhabi. Oh, I'd keep keep Bahrain and Jeddah. Definitely keep Bahrain. And Bahrain's Je- yeah. my fa- one of my favorite tracks, actually. Bahrain Agreed. is like one of my yeah. top three. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jeddah, I think, is just very different to Bahrain. Mm-hmm. It's a very fast street circuit, so I'd say yeah. it can stay for that reason. But Qatar is very, very similar to Bahrain in terms of vibe, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And Abu Dhabi just doesn't really add anything to the calendar, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, and then I would add um, India. Bud International mm. Circuit. I know Neil would very much approve that his <laughs> his home track. Um, Sepang, as I mentioned, in Malaysia. And I honestly don't know a lot about this track, but you you mentioned Africa earlier. I know there is a lot of hype around Kailami, um, which is in South Africa. Um, so I would probably say let's add that one as well. I actually asked um people on Twitter like a year ago how long it would take them to drive to their nearest track and I had some South Africans reply actually and I think they said it was like over a day to drive to their nearest track which was Bahrain (laughs) they had to Mm -hmm. drive they would have had to drive all the way through Africa which which is pretty like that's that's not great (laughs) it's it's just like you know there are seven continents obviously Antarctica is not going to be usable but what do you like, mean? How dare you? What about the penguins? You know, like, <laughs> they need their race. Antarctica Grand Prix. <laughs> but I feel like, you know, like make it more international. Get a race in Africa. Absolutely. Back there, work it out. It it could work. Yeah, and honestly, I know this is a, a slightly radical solution, but a, a rotation system for some European tracks would honestly be fine with me. Yes. Perhaps rotating Monza and Imola. I know that's a bit of a spicy one. Mm. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> but, it's, you know, you Italy know, has really two races. Tough. <laughs> it's really tough because there are some, like, Monza and Silverstone are two tracks that have been on the grid, not on the on the calendar, every single year. Pretty much, yeah. I, I think. Every yeah. single year, I'm I think, sure. it, yeah, every I think year so. <laughs> since 1950 when the championship started, there those are like the two tracks. And of course, different formations, different variations, but those two tracks have been okay. on the grid for every single year. Rotate and generally, I like the idea of rotations, but I think it should be somewhere else in the like you know put France in a rotation with something, but you maybe Spa in a rotation with something. I, I Zanvoort, Hungary, um. Yeah. Even the Middle East tracks can rotate. Or no, I, no, Spa. I think even just yeah, they're both in Spa. They're I both agree. such yeah. good tracks, though. Um, Hungaro mm. Ring and Red Bull Ring can rotate, mm. in my opinion. Ah, it's tough. I know. Well, every I track like these is tracks. Like, ah! Yeah, and that's the thing: the more they add, the more tracks we're going to fall in love with as fans, and mm. then it's like, what do we do? <laughs> so yeah. yeah, it's a very tricky one. Um, and mm. honestly, I would like to see another race in South America. We do have Interlagos, which is. Mm. such a good circuit yeah. another of my favorites um i believe there's a good track in argentina that i'm forgetting the name of right now but i hear uh, yeah i um, hear good things about the argentina track <laughs> um so yeah that's that's an interesting talking point for sure yeah okay coming back on topic now um because we we really did go on a tangent there but it was a fun <laughs> one so it's fine 
Logan Sargent, the man, the myth, the American. Yes. Um, <laughs> what What do you think? How How uh, does it feel? It's so cool. <laughs> so, um, when I got into F one, or when when you introduced me to F one, um, the closest American to the grid at the time was Juan Manuel Correa, who was who was right. like American and something else, but he chose America to represent. I think Colombia. Yeah, or yeah, something, something like that. One of but, the yeah. And he's the whole thing with him is the Antoine Hubert crash, which we're not gonna spend the whole other the segment talking about. But like, he wasn't an option. He was he got close. He got to Formula Two. I don't know how well he was doing, but he just he crashed and he couldn't compete. And he right now he's back in Formula Two. He has made not best, such a comeback. But he, he's, he, it's amazing to see, and I hope he does well in the next in either yeah. this year or the next few years. And yeah. yeah. But yeah, at the time but he was, there was, it was not Logan looking good Sargent, for him. And I know this is, this is, this isn't fully about Logan Sargent either, but like, Logan Sargent kind of came out of nowhere. He did, didn't he? He, he kind of just... <laughs> in Formula 3, it was 2020 with Oscar Piastri. He got like third or second. He was fighting for that championship mm. and he lost it out in the last round after what you told me was a crash with. Someone. I, to, I think that was yeah. But I think someone hit him. And then yeah, and then his first year in Formula Two, or did he do another year in Formula Three? I don't know. I, um, I think he had to do another year in F three because of funding. I believe. Yeah, yeah. I think he was in Formula Three again. That that one wasn't as great. And Actually, just... sorry to sorry to cut you off. I'm just going to do a quick shout out um, to Josh Ravel. Um, he has made a really informative video about Logan Sargent's um, junior career. So if you are interested. In finding out about that, head over to his YouTube channel um, and give it a watch because it is a great explanation. And clearly, I haven't watched it because I. <laughs> but yeah. But yeah, the whole thing about Logan Sargent is he kind of came out of nowhere. It wasn't until this 2022, last year's F2 season, that I was like, huh, he could get on the grid. And he, you know, he was doing decent. Then all of a sudden, he won two feature races, and yeah. he was up in the top three. And he stayed there. He just and appeared. All of a sudden, it's like, <laughs> whoa! He can have enough points for a super license. Williams doesn't need Latifi for his money anymore. Get Sergeant on the grid. <laughs> and it wasn't hundred percent. But then the Piastri stuff went down. Which I don't know if they, there were ever talks between Williams and Piastri. Yeah. But and then he he got there. He was like, which freed up the spot to Alpine. Which yes. freed up the spot at Alpha Tauri. So DeVries, who was apparently in talks with DeVries Williams, was also possibly in talks. Yeah. yeah. So DeVries then went to Alpha Tauri, which meant there was really no one else it to contend for the out Williams spot. Amazingly. Yeah. It was yeah. only Sargent or keeping Latifi, and they went with Sargent, which it's super cool to see an American on the grid. Um, I'm, I'm not, I'm not like a huge. Uh, God bless America pride, per, pride, <laughs> but American pride person. Like, you yeah, know, yeah, it's. Yeah. It's the country I live in, and it's cool to see someone yes. from the same country. No, absolutely. For a sport that's been dominated by Europeans, or pretty much Europeans. No, exactly. And some Asian, but yeah. And, but, yeah, it's it's just cool to see. I'm happy to see him yeah. on the grid. It's, I'm glad that he's he's doing well. He's yeah, not I'd, flopping I'd definitely or say so. Alex Albon's a really good well. driver, and he is somewhat keeping up. Like he's a he's yeah. a rookie as well. You have to keep that in mind. He's not laps behind Albon. He's not he's second not... behind Albon. He's not. Which honestly, go Albon, on, go on, Logan. <laughs> it's perfect for both of them because I like Albon as well. Yeah. So I'm like, 
they're settled in fine. I, mm. There's nothing that needs to change here. They can be the lineup for a while yeah. if they want to be. Um, Something interesting about Logan Sargent. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if you've experienced this too, but I can never recognize him. Like I see photos of Logan Sargent <laughs> doing things. I'm like, is that is that Logan Sargent? Because they <laughs> they write it in the caption. And I have to I have to check that it's him. I don't know why he. I just haven't got around to generally. I recognize him. him, but he's not very. I will say he's he doesn't have many like he could pass me on the street in normal yeah. clothes and I wouldn't I wouldn't know. Yeah. No that I get, yeah. <laughs> He'd have to be wearing his race suit or just a but race. He's suit. American and he's an F one and I'm super happy about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's... also with that being said, yeah. There are like three Americans in Formula Two right now. None of them are doing very well. But Do you wanna they're... highlight one? If you remember? Well, there's Jack Crawford, there's Juan Manuel Correa, and then there's Brad Benedict. And ah, yes. Brad Benedict is like in last. Um, Juan Manuel Correa has like one point, and Jack Crawford he got second in the sprint race recently. Yeah, Jack Crawford cool, but... is probably out of the three, probably the most one to watch. Um, he's mm-hmm. I think second year in F2 or third? So, was... so this is his first. Ah, okay. okay sure. Then I watched him last year in F3. He he was fairly mm-hmm. strong. He had his moments. He wasn't the most consistent, I'd say, but he's definitely someone to keep an eye on. So yeah. None of them are very high up right now. Let's keep... Uh, Jack, another thing with Crawford, he's also in the Red Bull program. Ah. But um, I think he'll have to focus on next year. Is I think this still year... with Alpha? Or was that eight years ago? Wasn't Correa with um they were Sauber at the time? Oh, I, I didn't I had no idea. I oh. I don't think he's with anyone at this point. Oh, okay. Maybe. Maybe he is, I could be wrong. Maybe. But none of them are very high up in the championship. And it's only been three yeah. rounds, but I don't think any of them are gonna be in the top five or anything. I think there are other drivers. But yeah. that doesn't mean anything for twenty twenty four. So that could be the focus for some of them. Yeah, no, definitely. And it's always tough in your rookie season. Mm-hmm. I think it's to be expected. It, it's rare that you can come in mm-hmm. as a rookie and blitz it. I mean, we've seen it happen yeah. a few times and those drivers have always gone into F1. So, you know, George yeah. Russell being well, one. not always. What the rookies all... that have won it, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. George Russell, Oscar Piastri. Russell, oh, Piastri had to take McLaren. a year. Well, Piastri, yeah, Piastri had to take a year. Yeah. But... <laughs> but they got there. Yeah. They got there in the end. Mm-hmm. That's what matters. Yeah. Um. Yeah, do you have anything else to add about being an American F1 fan? Have we have we missed anything? Mm. Just something I like about it. I think F1 is one of the smallest sports out there. Like, not smallest, but, like, there are 20 people competing and 10 teams. If you're a football fan, American football, whatever you want to call it, you're probably rooting for a team. And if you're a really, really huge fan, you're going to know a lot of people on the team and you're going to know a lot of people in the whole, like, NFL. Yeah, but I F I like in F one how you can be rooting for a person or a team of two, and just how intricate those relationships are with the that with the um yeah with the team like you know you only have the same car as your teammate. Everyone else's car is different, and you have to try to beat them whether your car is better or not. And you know everyone, you know all you you can probably name everyone on the grid like once yeah. you've seen a few races, yeah. and. It's cool to see that it's it's just cool that it's it's easy to keep track and it's easy to know where everyone is at. Yeah. Like whether they're doing well, whether they're doing poorly, whether they could be in trouble for keeping a seat, whether they're gonna get a better seat. Um 
something I want to add about Sargent, by the way. There is a world, I could see a world in which he ends up at Mercedes or something. Ooh. I could imagine it happening. I think so we might see. have our topic for next week. That's all ah, I'm saying. Okay, okay. Silly fine. season which, madness. Which, which drivers can go to Mercedes? Yeah, sure. <laughs> which drivers can go to Mercedes? I'm just, and it's not because, you know, he's obviously not associated with Mercedes. And but you think one with, thing could lead to another, like the dominoes. Yeah, you know what I mean with the dominoes? Right? Like guarantee. I guess in summary of that, without, if we do do an episode on this, uh, like which drivers could go to Mercedes, something like that. <laughs> and obviously, I don't think Hamilton's going to retire for the next few years. But yeah, no. Like, obviously, a contract is never a hundred percent solid. But if Norris is locked in, if Gasly is not locked in, I'm pretty sure Norris is, has a contract for 2028. He has um, a long contract. However, he has he a may, long contract. He might have an exit clause if McLaren are underperforming. That one. According, I saw something on F1 Reddit of Zach Brown saying there is no exit clause, but you can always make an exit clause. I feel <laughs> Yikes. like um, he's but trapped. Like, <laughs> but what I'm saying, yeah, Norris could be trapped. Gasly could also be trapped. Um, I, I although Alpine have people that I feel like if Gasly yeah. wanted to leave, they could just replace. But there, you know, there could be scenarios where there aren't better options available mm. but with that being said we've also got frederick Vesey, who's in like top five at least if not i think third maybe formula three but yeah there there could be a world in which we see sergeant mm. at a top team we're definitely going to get you to elaborate on the future episode mm-hmm. here um sure. about that because that is very <laughs> interesting um yeah that's another thing I love about Formula One as American. The silly season is amazing. The silly because, season. You know, it happens with NFL. Like right now, you've, you've got quarterbacks leaving teams and you've got people like, oh, will this guy be here? Or will this guy get drafted from his college team or something yeah. like that? But there's, o- there's only 20 people. And, and of course, there are people from the outside trying to get in. Yeah. But it's so easy to keep track of. They're all like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah it, it's really easy to keep track of. What I love mm-hmm. is that everybody is everybody's story affects everybody else's. Mm-hmm. Like immediately, you mentioned Logan Sargent to Mercedes, and immediately you jumped into Esteban Ocon and Lando Norris. Like it matters mm-hmm. what they do to determine Logan Sargent's future, mm-hmm. and that's something you don't really see elsewhere. Um, mm-hmm. It's like someone else's decision can change your decision. So yeah, it's it's a really yeah. interesting one. Yeah, anything to add in general? Or... I don't think so. No. Okay, cool. So, first things first. If you made it this far in the, the video, the stream, wherever you're listening, first things first, you're awesome. Second things first. <laughs> second, thing, <laughs> second things second. Second things also first. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you do want to support me, please buy some F1 merch. I know that sounds crazy. I have a code. If you want to buy some F1 merch, you can use my code and I will be supported by doing that. Um, so please do do that. If you do plan on buying F1 merch at any time, you can use my code. Um, it's in the description of my YouTube channel. Um, it's it's on my social medias around. Um, you can email me lastlucy at gmail.com if you're not sure what the code is, um, but it should be listed pretty much everywhere. So that's one way to support me. You can also drop the follow, drop the follow, <laughs> hit hit follow, subscribe, subscribe um, like and share. <laughs> tell your friends. <laughs> tell and your that's family. All free. 
that is all free that is all free um so yeah um and that is all hugely helpful to me even just hitting the like button you know it lets me know there's people out there listening and it gives me warm feelings of happiness on the inside um so thank you if you do like these videos um and of course drop a comment as well we do love chatting with you interacting shout out to the two dan fans that are out there um who have been <laughs> wanting to see him back he's back Ooh, team dan, <laughs> team dan. <laughs> so yeah um thank you again for joining us in the cool down room and we will see you next time bye mm. <laughs>